When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Good afternoon, good day, and good night. Welcome back to one of the top 10 sports podcasts in New Zealand. <laughs> Team of our lives, the only and best Naughties-based football podcast. We stay on side like Brian McBride. We spot a run like Park G. Sung and occasionally fart like Van der Vaart. <laughs> uh, joining me as ever is Mr. Harry Hansford, Portsmouth fan, documentary filmmaker, teacher, how are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, sir. It's been a while. How are you? It's been a while. This is oh, we should clarify. This is a pre-season kind of episode, um, so don't get too excited. Uh, we will be coming <laughs> back at some point, but not quite yet. And I'm very well. And um, it was actually you who pointed me out. We did get into the top ten sports podcasts in New Zealand somehow. Yeah, I don't know. We we did. It's weird. Like when you see it, we we seem to do well in countries with very small populations. I wonder why that is. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, in the in the Vatican City, we're number one. <laughs> we randomly did all right in like Ireland and uh South Africa as well, but like the UK, we we you know we struggled a bit. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a what's it called? Saturated, saturated, saturated yeah. market, isn't it? Um, there we go. Um, so this is a bonus episode and uh, kind of a, a pre a preamble to the forthcoming series. Uh, we thought 
we would collate our top 10 iconic moments of the noughties. Because the noughties, it was a transitioning period for football, especially European football. Uh, the Premier League had reached an era of financial monopoly so quickly, and it became one of the most watched leagues in the world. While in Italy, the uh, Calcio Poli scandal saw the giants of the game Juventus relegated to Serie B. Uh, we also saw the decline of one Ronaldo and the emergence of another Ronaldo. And in Spain, things got a bit messy. Um, so, yeah, Harry, top 10 iconic moments at the noughties. There were so many over that decade as well. How did you find compiling your yeah. 10? Uh, it, was, it was a difficult task. I mean, there's so many moments as we're going to get on to, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about a few that don't make our top 10 as well. But uh, difficult to narrow it down to 10. And then also f- for me, obviously, there's going to be moments that are iconic for me because they include the team I support with Portsmouth. But I didn't want to put too many of those in because, you know, it'd be a bit boring if I just gave you the top 10 yeah. of Portsmouth drawing noughties. Especially your um, yo-yo period when you're up and down. Wow. It's just down, basically. Oh, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not making the top 10 iconic moments. Hey, we got relegated to League 2. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's, just, it's, it's just so many things that sort of happened over that decade from, like, uh, I don't want to talk too much now, but like from like sort of early moments of glory to sort of the crazy things that we we got to see draw it throughout that decade. And there are yeah, a few yeah. of so I've tried to keep it some sort of shock, sort of like oh that was an odd thing, and some being like oh there's a story behind that that you know makes it iconic for yeah. me, and or just moments where like that sums up if you if you were to you know do a highlights package of a noise that would be in there. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I've I've tried to keep it kind of personal a little bit, but kind yeah. of objective. So there's no in my top ten. There's not going to be any like massive surprises, um, as there might be for you, kind of thing. Um, I've got some naughty o'clock news. Okay, which we haven't done for a while. It's kind of about football. Um, so in 2005, Mike Tyson, um, who needs no introduction, uh, was in Brazil, and he was walking through the streets of Sao Paulo, and he punched a uh, a paparazzi photographer. Okay. Um, and then obviously got in trouble, had to go to court a couple of weeks later in Brazil. Went to court in Brazil, but he went wearing uh, a number 10 Argentina shirt signed by Maradona <laughs> just to piss him off. Of course he is. That's I crazy, mean, isn't it? How do we not know that? That's just all this, one of yeah. these things we would pick up on. Yeah, you think that'd be everywhere. That's, that's an, I mean, what... what... <laughs> I suppose, well, you know, he's still Mike Tyson, so they're still probably hesitant to really do anything to him. Yeah, you know, that's a good point. I mean, knew, that, like, the man's got some balls in him, I'll give him that. Yeah, international incident of any jail him, so he knew he weren't getting jail time. So, But uh, why? Why turn up in a Argentina shirt? Signed by Maradona oh, as well. That's ridiculous. That's the biggest insult. I wonder insult. how he got that. I wonder what they... That's like going to the Pope in a shirt signed by Satan. It's on... Like, yeah, I wonder what Maradona and Tyson used to do when they hung out, eh? <laughs> uh, they probably smoked a lot of cannabis. <laughs> there we go. Oh, I've also got some plagiarising news as well. Okay. I believe we've been plagiarised. Oh. This is interesting. Are you aware of the uh, famous football magazine 442? I am aware of 442. Okay, here we go. Right, we so... We didn't invent that, did we? Uh, it, it, no, we didn't invent that. <laughs> okay. Imagine, imagine if we did, we'd owe, we'd owe a lot of money. In fact, I want my money back. I used to have a subscription. Um, it appears that the most famous and widely purchased football magazine in the whole of UK 
might have copied Team of Our Lives. On the 4th of February, yes, I've come with receipts. <laughs> <laughs> On the 4th of February, we released two podcasts entitled The Top 50 Footballers of the Noughties. Hardly a revolutionary idea, but I hadn't seen many parallels nonetheless. There weren't many podcasts or pu- publications kind of doing that thing. 442 published two weeks later the exact same format, counting down a top 50. They even had an intro at the start talking of how YouTube and Twitter became prevalent in the noughties, which is exactly how we started ours, talking about the yeah. Ronaldinho compilations, etc. Did they copy us? I mean, the top 50 itself was almost identical in lineup to ours, um, <laughs> but we excluded Messi and Ronaldo because we thought that was too obvious. Yeah. Um, and they wouldn't do that, of course. No, obviously not. And they were number two and number one, which is stupid yeah. because they hadn't even reached their peak. Well, maybe Ronaldo, but I think Messi didn't really really peak until like 2012, 13. But um, what do you think of that? I mean, <laughs> oh, is it a coincidence? I don't know. I should have words. Send a little message. See what's going Just on. At least, um, yeah, at least credit us next time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it's, it's not. I get it. There's going to be lots of top fifties on like ESPN and all these other yeah. websites. I tell you what, they're going, to, but... they're going to be upset to tomorrow or whenever. Sorry, not tomorrow, but whenever this goes out, because all those uh, subscriptions are going to be cancelled in New Zealand. I'm telling you. Yeah, absolutely. Do you reckon two, <laughs> two weeks later in Four Four Two magazine there'll be a story of uh, how uh, Mike Tyson punched a photographer in uh, Sao Paulo? <laughs> I'll get very suspicious then. Yeah, uh, let's try. Let's try and like. Hello, 442, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> did you know that... You want to purchase us? <laughs> Mike, Mike, yeah, first of all, do you want to buy us? Second of all, did you know Michael Essien once gave birth to a goat? <laughs> See if that makes it in. See if that makes it in in a couple of weeks' time, 442. Uh, that'd be amazing. I always preferred Match Magazine. <laughs> there we go. Um, splendid. Well, that's the naughty o'clock news and plagiarising... Uh, stuff out of the way. Um, it is as time of recording the 2nd of August 2022. Now this is mine and Harry's favourite time of year for a couple of different reasons um, but mainly because of Fantasy Premier League um, we've got our own league once again last year we had about 25 teams I finished 7th which I didn't move from 7th pretty much the whole season I think Harry you finished in like 15th I think it was more like I don't know I didn't. I stopped looking after a while Oh after yeah, last, like, I'm pretty weeks. sure it was 15. I gave up, but I was hanging around 11th for a long time, so I'll be upset with that. Yeah, I think you did slide down a little bit. Um, this year, we've just got another league. Uh, if you're listening to this, it'll be out on a Friday, so it's probably too late to join. Uh, and you can't join anyway. I'm not going to give you the code because we've got 150 teams. <laughs> I'm not. I'm going to be so embarrassed. And the uh, the top five are going to get prizes. The first place is going to get a box of stickers. Um, but yeah, it's going it's it's gone a bit mad. Um, so obviously a lot of Kiwis are listening and uh, hello <laughs> Kiwis um, but um, one of our favourite things is kind of comedy humour good wit so we fucking love fantasy Premier League team names now this time last year we done a similar podcast I found the best team names uh, on the internet and from our league read them out to Harry Harry gave them a score out of 10 um, so I want you to base this Harry on how much you laugh essentially okay. so the more you laugh the better score you get yeah um i know I, this is my favorite time of year i just love witty kind of clever uh niches with football and uh wordplay combined i think it's one of my favorite nerdy things 
I have a, a memory actually of how much you love this of coming home one day from university to find you with a list of like 40 five aside like names all puns like we just need to start a five aside team not that we, we knew anyone else would want to join. <laughs> just wanted to write you just you know spent an hour or two just writing down names like i remember i was sat next to uh, jimmy in that lecture it was like a three hour lecture and i spent a whole three hours coming up i had like a whole book <laughs> whole jotter full of like puns that are for five side team names. I didn't put no effort into actually building the five side team. I was like, work with the you know, start the name, work okay. backwards, you know. Yeah, but, uh, yeah no, I, I, I absolutely, it just makes me laugh. It really is <laughs> joyful. Um, so what we're going to start off, I'm going to start off with um, I've got the top ones from our league. Okay, after go, we've, we've got a lot, so I'm going to go through them relatively quickly, and then I've got the best from what I found online. Um, so up to up, so you basically you've got the privilege of na- getting to name the best team name in our league. Oh. So if you're listening to this and you're in our league, um, you're about to get a uh, gold medal potentially. <laughs> so uh, this, these are the ones from our league. Are you ready? Yeah. Just a very quick score out of ten, if you will. Number one, cruise control. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's been done, isn't it? Standard. So it's, standard, it's, isn't it's it? Four. We'll start right. low. Four. Fair enough. Um, I should probably write this down. Um, right up, Diaz. Oh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean yeah, like, oh, there's a seven, isn't it? Like, solid. <laughs> well, it's pretty high. That's pretty high. Fair enough. Um, this one made me laugh too, so Maddie Milan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, you gave, you gave right up Diaz a seven. You just set the bar, bar pretty high. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's join it that one. Let's give it a seven as well. Give that a seven as well. Um, Daddy Langley. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's meant to be Daddy Longlegs. Or was it Longley? Longley? I think that's how you say it. Uh, <laughs> New Spurs play. We're going to go with five for that one. Five, okay. Because it is a bit stupid. Um, this one made me, made me laugh. Shah uh, Wars, a new pope. <laughs> I mean, that's that's two for one, isn't it? That's two uh, for one. Same. Do they both play for Newcastle now as well? I think so. Possibly. Let's, let's, all right, this one can go top for now, so we'll give it an eight. Give that an eight, fair enough. It's clever. It's film-related. So, yeah. It's film-related. Extra good. points for me. Uh, young like a horse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys. Uh, we'll give that one a six, then. Six, classic. Um if you know your French teams, this will make you laugh. Expected to lose. It's clever. It's clever. It is clever. This one. All right, it's going to have seven as well. Then. Seven. Oh, so far, Charles and New Pope is winning. Um, super Califrancistic Dejan Kulusevski. <laughs> How do they fit that in? I thought it was 20. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Limit. Uh, <laughs> I think they shortened it down, but I kind of got what they meant. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it, it, you can chant that at football matches as well. Super Califrancistic Dejan Kulusevski. What are we saying? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's the best one or not, really. Uh yeah, all right. Let's give it. Let's give it an eight as well. Give it an eight as well. It's tied. It's clever. Um, Ish. This this one's not. not cle- this one's not. not clever at all. It's just stupid. Ben me over. 
again, it's like so, it's, it's done, isn't it? We're back to the yeah. four. That one. Back to the four. Okay. Put your old pants down. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! All right, seven. <laughs> Standard seven. Fifty Shades of O'Shea. Uh, that might be does good. It, does it, yeah, because it would have been good in the noughties. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she should get more points if anything. Yeah. Uh, five. Five. Okay, fair enough. This one made me laugh, but it doesn't really fit. Um, Wu Tan Klein. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, we, we can stay at five as well. Yeah, it needs, it needs to end in Lan. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to save my personal favorite for last. Uh, McGinnon Tonic. <laughs> it's very good. Uh, six for that one. Six for that one. I was going to save my last two for last. Okay. Favourite two for last. Uh, PK Blinders. Yeah. Okay. Five. Five. Blink One A2. <laughs> oh, mate, that's good. That's good. Uh, but it's going to be seven. Seven. Solid seven. These are my two personal favourites. Um <laughs> Flogging a Weghorst. <laughs> very clever. Very clever. I like that a lot. All right. Uh, <laughs> it's going with the eights for sure. Going with the eight. And my personal favourite, if you're a fan of the film Four Lions, Rubber Digney Rapids. <laughs> All right. That, that's the one, isn't it? That is that's the, the winner. One. Yeah. That's sure. the winner. I'm glad you said that. So, yeah, we had uh, the honourable ones there. Uh, Shah was a new pope. Supercalifragilistic Dejan Kulusevsky, uh, flogging a wag horse, and the winner is Rubber Digney Rabbits. Rapids. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It is quality. It is good. Rubber Digney Rapids. Rubber Digney Rabbits. And the best ones I found online, so you can give these a score as well if you wouldn't mind. Gangsters Allardyce. Wonderful. Under My Cucarella. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, one of my personal favourites. Rodri, you plonker. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might be the best. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely up there. That's, I'm going to think, yeah. Um, I will be one Kenobi. It's been done, isn't it? Yeah. Sure. Uh, Call of Gooty. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. <laughs> uh, the Kiati kid. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare <laughs> yeah. um, Knowing me, knowing you Zaha <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good one It's a classic one uh, Hakuna Mateta Hakuna <laughs> Mateta, okay It's good Uptown Dunk <laughs> Getting less and less uh, um, Where do we get to? Backstreet Moyes. <laughs> Just picturing him as all five of them. Backstreet's back. <laughs> all right. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, this one's pretty good, actually. Men behaving chattily. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Very niche. It's the right time periods again. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of time periods, um, more of the Explorer. <laughs> I like it. Uh, number 10, Hog Downing Street. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It's so ridiculous. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> and this one's my favourite from this list. Um, the Lion, the Witch and the Ward Browse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's very good as well. It's very good as well. Uh, Are we going to go with uh, Rodri Plonka? <laughs> I think we got it. <laughs> That's got to be the winner. It is great, isn't it? It is great. Um, but it's not all FPL this week. I wish it was because I can go on doing that forever <laughs> and ever in a day. Um, do send us in your uh, team names as well if you think you've got a better one, a funnier one. Team of our lives dot podcast on Instagram or on Twitter at Team of our lives. Um, right, honorable mentions. We're talking about the top 10 moments of the noughties and there were so many great moments as well um what would make your top 10 do let us know as well of course i've got some honorable mentions here um so stay strong if they're in your top 10 harry um i put Mourinho winning the champions league with porto and the premier league with chelsea i think that was yeah. a big big kind of period as well wasn't it it's kind of sure. that was the start of Mourinho. yeah it's verizon Mourinho coinciding with the rise of sort of Roman Abramovich's Chelsea was no longer. Exactly, um, yeah. I put that on there as well, to be fair. Abramovich's takeover at Chelsea. Yeah, so all, all like, they sort of go together, don't they, in, in a weird sort of way. But yeah, definitely the Porto win is one of those moments that maybe gets overlooked a little bit now. But at the time was huge news anyway that a, a team like that could still win the Champions League, but arguably they can't anymore. Um, but yeah, it's got to be in and about that conversation for sure. Yeah, it was a big shock at the time as well. Obviously, they played Monaco in the final, so it was, um, yeah, quite a, I don't know, a bit obsolete, I guess. Um, I put the Tevez and Mascherano third-party transfer from uh, Corinthians yeah. to West Ham, because maybe not European football, but certainly in the Premier League, of which we will be biased. Um, that was mad. Yeah. And the effects of them then owing uh, Sheffield United money because it caused their relegation sure. inherently and all that kind of stuff. It's still talked about today. And, yeah, know. exactly. It's, it's one of those moments where you can't talk about noise football without that being brought up in conversation in, in England, at least. Because as you say, it's just such a... First of all, it's just such a shock. Like, why have these two players that just done very, very well of a World Cup turn up at West Ham? And then there's the discovery of, oh, it's not really legal in the British football system to do this and then the staying up on like at the expense of another team very late in the season it's just you know it just grew and grew the story that was already a bit mysterious as it broke but turned into something bigger than it than it, we ever thought it could and Absolutely. yeah strange strange times Tevers can never walk through Sheffield again no but I mean he went on to have quite a good career I suppose oh he, he definitely had the last laugh <laughs> for sure absolutely absolutely um, Middlesbrough 2004 League Cup win yep big time uh, you know we period period all, when all big times were kind of when all big teams were winning it was nice yeah. for Middlesbrough to uh, yeah. win it with that team with that amazing team as well we've spoken yeah. about it countless times you know it's happened um, a few times throughout the noise and, and, and up till now where one of the, a team will break through but it's still always big news when they do that because you go into like we're going to go into the season if I ask you who do you think is going to win the FA Cup who do you think is going to win the League Cup? You're going to answer with possibly four names, and you're like, "Yeah, all right, one of those will win." Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, Beckham's transfer from Madrid to LA Galaxy. Yeah, big Basically shift. Restarting the MLS, really. Yeah, big shift in a the sort of politics of football and the the idea of the MLS being a retirement league as well, and. Uh, like I say, just re- rebranded the MLS completely and the re- well, rebranded the Galaxy completely as well. But 
really pushing that back onto a uh, uh, an international scene that maybe I hadn't seen since the World Cup in the 90s, right? I think the thing about that as well is that Beckham still had a lot to give as well. It wasn't oh, done. Sure. No. Play for Real Madrid, you don't suddenly go, because at yeah. the time, it's wow. maybe not so much now, because people still have good careers in the MLS. Yeah. But back then, it was especially kind of prevalent that... Oh, for sure. It was, he's thrown away his career. I mean, you know, he was going to a club where their logo was off like a black hole and they were wearing like yellow shirts of green sash. Like Everyone was like, oh, it's a Mickey Mouse league, like quite literally, and laughing. And then obviously they rebranded it around him. MLS becomes more taken a bit more seriously still not maybe taken that seriously but a bit more seriously and oh. it has been since it's grown a lot more like for you know vague, vague, certain teams over there get 40,000 a week now like that wasn't happening mm. they're playing oh, on he owns a club there now college field yeah exactly I still find it mad that Lorenzo Insigne is going to Toronto oh man there's a few that's players stupid. over again now it's, he's, he's yeah. too good um, but maybe that's our yeah our bias uh, I put the Ronaldo transfer to Real Madrid as well. So it was a nine yeah. eighty million quid. Um, the Galacticos we've done a whole episode on, and that's yeah. kind of goes without saying. Uh, Roy Keane getting kicked out of the uh, two thousand two World Cup. Oh, a huge moment! Huge news for sure. Like, yeah, and again, something that's still spoke about to this day. If you speak to anyone uh, who supports Republic of Ireland, they tell you that you know that was a big, huge thing, and they've you know some of them will say they've never recovered really since then, and. So, you know, just huge watershed moments he's, he's talking about. Absolutely. Uh, Messi's debut goal. Sure. Yeah, uh, Ronaldinho assist. Um, Darren Bent Beach Ball incident. Yeah. Nearly made my top 10, to be fair, because I remember yeah. watching it. I remember yeah. seeing the beach ball and go, it'd be so funny if the ball yeah. hit that beach ball. And then it did. Yeah. I like, almost like manifested it. Um, <laughs> you got you to blame. I'll see. Oh, uh, maybe. Pepe Reina is never. I, I swear to God as well. That was the last time Pepperoni was good. <laughs> yeah, probably, to be fair. And the, and the last time Sunderland were good, to be fair. No, yeah. That, be- that beach ball was cursed everyone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the Ronaldo wink at the World yeah. Cup. Oh, mate. Infuriating. But, Absolutely. You know, also also sort Shit of made it. It's also like for a little bit of redemption arc we has for like, that next season being so good for... Manchester that sort of solidified him as such a star anyway. Yeah, true. So if if a player had done that and wasn't that good, yeah, they would be hated to this day yeah. wherever in, in Manchester. He, you know, he's so good he gets to overcome that. It's like it's an amazing, amazing feat in itself, really. Absolutely. Um what else do we have? Uh Ricardo Gloves incident, Euro 2004, Darius Vassell missing penalty. Yeah. Again, very England bias, but we're gonna be. Oh, for um, sure. And the Rivado faint as well against Costa Rica. Okay. It's one of those clips that's just replayed over and over again, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. When he like holds his face and it hits him in the knee. It's, uh, yeah, pretty stupid. There we go. Any honourable mentions from yourself? Um, I've got... <laughs> You've mentioned a couple and I've, I've got one, but I'm going to hold it in case it's in yours. I don't want to ruin it. Okay. If that yeah, makes no sense. Yeah, no worries. Right, let's go through the top ten. Iconic moments of the noughties. Harry, do you want to start? Yeah, so I'm going to start with uh, sort of, I think maybe it was on the episode you're talking about being plagiarised. We sort of come to the conclusion that one man really sums up the noughties and he is the noughties, and that being Mr. Wayne Rooney. And mm. so I feel like such an iconic moment uh, is when 16-year-old Wayne Rooney broke onto the scene and you hear this 
remember the name like that it's in, the, it's in our intro yeah that that moment is just so iconic and it's just it's one of those things that you know you're always going to remember and it's always going to be played over and over again and things and you know including the intro and it's just it's going to live forever where other things maybe would disappear if this will live forever i don't know why for the life of me but i haven't put that in <laughs> you may be surprised because <laughs> i remember when we done the top 50 yeah i was fighting for rooney a oh, lot for sure. yeah and um i do think he he peaked too early by the time he hit 29 he, he was all downhill but um sure. and if he'd done what so many others had done not that i think he could have done um prolonged his career somewhat he'd probably be remember more fondly than he is oh, for sure. but um yeah yeah you can't argue with that it's um Again, Premier League centric, but oh, my my list is going to be mainly Premier League. I'm yeah, afraid. I think I think it will be. To be fair, I've got a few World Cup stuff, but um, yeah, maybe one or two. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous how talented he was, and how consistent he was as well. It wasn't just that goal against Arsenal; it, he kept doing it for sure. Yeah, and so you just there's just so much uh, in that early period of just like so many iconic moments. Anyway, I mean in his career, like say the Arsenal goal or uh, the first few like big goals at Everton. But as, as you like very much convinced me on the other episode, but you know, if anyone sums up for noughties, it's Rooney because he, he lives in, basically his career lives and dies in the noise essentially. Right. Not, not quite, not quite, but you know, he, he, he doesn't have this prolonged career. Like, like some of his yeah. uh, sort of, people at the same age and other people you might think of like Beckham whatever they still maybe start elsewhere and then finish around the noughties so yeah I think you're right I think he is such an iconic sort of noughties character that you can pick any moment from his any sort of iconic Rooney moment and they could probably sl- slot into the top what, 10 what, what moment are you choosing? Uh, I'm going this this one right here I'm going for the, the, the call of remember the name because it's just oh, okay so it's debut goal yeah because it's just like you give a debut goal, you give his iconic line, and you know, I could be forgotten about that line, but because he becomes no. who he becomes, that line then just seems like, oh, of course, they they knew, they knew just then, like, you know. You know, what I've just thought our intro music has the commentary from all the top moments from the noughties. We really should have just put that in. Oh, <laughs> yeah, let's listen anymore. Please do, though. Yeah, yeah especially yeah. if you're from New Zealand keep, keep us in the top 10 <laughs> and then from 442 you can uh, turn off now yeah yeah. fuck you 442 you're bastard <laughs> unless you buy us and then we love you and you'll be our business we'll then. be your podcast yeah <laughs> um, I can't wait to get in some fucking Twitter banter on 442 when we release this episode <laughs> tag them uh, there we go um, my number 10 is the Man City takeover uh, taken over first by the Thai Prime Minister and then he went, kind of went into ex- exile. And then in 2008, by the Abu Dhabi group. Uh, why, this, I think, why I think this is so important is because it kind of opened the gateway for other teams to be taken over by Saudi billionaires oh, or Qatari sure. billionaires. So, you know, not long after this, you had PSG yeah. getting taken over, Newcastle more recently. We've seen it with Barcelona's Qatari Foundation and, uh, you yeah, know, a few other teams uh, with um, not necessarily outright owners, but um, people who own like 25% of certain clubs. I think yeah. maybe Wolves, maybe in some other teams. Um, but this opened the floodgates, I think, yeah. particularly into the English sports washing, whatever you want to call it, For sure. uh, and, material. And opened, it opened it, you know, in some ways it, it's benefited certain sides like Sheffield United and things, but 
there's also for every team that's happened to there's there's three or four teams like Portsmouth who were then sucked in by this dream of a Saudi uh, or a Emirati businessman or prince coming in and buying them and then finding out they're actually worthless. Mm. Um, so you know it's had an, it's had a major effect both positive and negative and like you say sports washing issues a whole different thing uh but it is still an iconic moment and that's uh why why it is my number number nine um the reason it's not any higher for me is the sort of tail end um but maybe some other things we're going to talk yeah, about yeah i think of, it's also yeah. not a fo- it's also not really a footballing move moment no yeah but, there are stupid things that happened within that obviously Rubinho signing Rubinho signing stupid um, mancunians turn up on Sky Sports News wearing tea towels on the head, thinking that's, oh. that's what you do to welcome someone from the Emirati States. Ridiculous, you know. So in, in itself, that's an iconic image. What idiot. would happen yeah. if we if, uh, if Alan Sugar went to like Saudi Arabia and bought I don't know Al Halal or whatever? <laughs> what would they do? What would you think they would dress up as? They like oh, cups of like throw tea bags at him and say <laughs> PG tips. <laughs> Early king and queen from West End, East End. Yeah. Oh, mate. What uh, they wear, what they wear, like a beef eater costume. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Turn off on Sky Sports News, Arabia, wearing, yeah, Al Jazeera News, wearing beef eater costume. Like, welcome, Alan Sugar. Yeah, one of those night costumes you see at like Wembley, the nights <laughs> and the darts. Oh, dear. It's funny. Just turn up with a dartboard and start throwing darts at Alan. Yeah, that. that. That'd work. Uh, be their new, uh, <laughs> be their new method of execution. <laughs> oh, here we go. Sorry, sorry, sorry. We're, we're not having any Newcastle sponsorship. Uh, that's four four two. The deal is off. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, how many uh, fingers they chop off? Four four two. Right. Um, <laughs> no, stop it. Let's quit while we're ahead. Right. Uh, right, yeah, the uh, Abu Dhabi takeover. Yeah, Man City takeover was a massive thing, uh, as you quite rightly said. Um, it's it's plagues. It's always mentioned as well. Whenever there's a Derby day with Man City as well, it's always mentioned now. Um, and kind of, can you buy success? Well, yes, you can. They won, they won the league four years later. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, massive, massive moment. So is that your number nine, is it? It is my number nine, yeah. So we get, do we go straight into my number nine? We've done your number ten, haven't we? Yeah, for sure. Um, Ronaldinho being given a standing ovation by the Real Madrid fans at the oh, Bernabeu. That's a great moment, to be fair. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a little annoyed that I haven't put that in mind. Uh, but yeah, well, it's not much you can say about it, is it? Like, just that sentence sums it up. But Ronaldinho in a Barcelona shirt getting a standing ovation from the Real Madrid fans in, in the Bernabeu. Like, it's just, you, don't, you don't see that. Absolutely. So in 2005, he scored a brace with two signature goals and a 3-0 victory and essentially put the Galacticos to sleep. Because that, that's the other thing you've got to remember. It was the Galactico side yeah. that he'd done that to. He beat, he whipped their ass single-handedly in their own fucking kitchen in front of the fans and still got a standing ovation. Yeah. We discussed before, that team was built on hundreds of millions of pounds mm. at a time when people, other clubs went spending that money. And Real Madrid represent the establishment, Barcelona kind of more... Breakaway state. Youth for breakaway state, exactly. So, for not only they're not just Real Madrid fans, they're art partisan, yeah, Spanish yeah. corporate elitists, probably, yeah, celebrating liberal. You know what I mean? That'll yeah, be that'll kind one, of be like, one, you know, go on. 
it's one thing when you have like Liverpool and Everton fans sort of rallying behind a cause together, but this this is essentially more Celtic Rangers, right? Is what he's trying. There's there are political and uh, beliefs that transcend football among these fans. Yet they still could recognise. All right, we've got a team of eleven world class players. He's above everything. He he's special. Like and that's just you know so when you see something like that you've you've got to respect it haven't you I suppose yeah it, it, I don't think that would have the same effect in the Premier League like that'll be like Man United fans clapping Kevin De Bruyne yeah it's nowhere near first of all he's nowhere near that level De Bruyne and um, second of all it doesn't mean anything because the people you like the people in Manchester for that derby they live and work together they may, yeah. maybe in the same family if they support different sure. teams but Barcelona against Real Madrid it is the establishment against the the liberals it is it you know it's, it's all out war and they, they oh, fucking sure. but it's, it's yeah similar to I mean, Celtic Rangers yeah. I guess you see some of the stuff that happened between uh on Via Classico and on normal sort of occasions and it's not always pretty it's not always nice uh so it does mean something more in that situation than it would for Man U in Man City. You're right, yeah, for sure. Yeah, you're quite right. Uh, what's your number eight then? Yeah, so for number eight, I've actually uh, sort of linked to your last one. I've gone with Roman buys Chelsea. Okay. Um, you know, just that moment of, uh, obviously, we're a bit younger then. Maybe we weren't really so much in tune with sort of Sky Sports, but I remember seeing it on front of papers and, uh, it was. It, you just knew it was a big deal. I couldn't understand what you know what a billionaire was probably, but this this thing of like you know exposes in the sun of like how did Roman make his billions and all, all just all this like mainstream attention onto football was like a not that you didn't get that, but it was a big new thing. And then and then what happens afterwards of he gets Mourinho in, they go on to win the league twice. They, you know they, they go on to have success in Europe and Chelsea are a team that really. Had, pretty much since the 70s been top four at most so this was you know for, for proto man city isn't it but i think it had a bigger effect in the noughties because chelsea became uh man united's biggest rival replaced arsenal uh essentially but from the beginning of the noughties they were for like sort of the biggest rival right and it born a new sort of dynasty in english football that lives to this day and uh yeah Matt, it was just, I just remember it being madness. It's just, it is a big moment that will never, uh, not not never be replicated because it has been, but like it, it it's the first one, isn't it? It's the first yeah. one of a billionaire coming in and, and transforming the fortunes of a club. And uh, that's happened time and time again since, as we sort of spoke about earlier. And I think that's, you know, for that, it has to be one of the biggest moments of the noise. Certainly was a catalyst, wasn't it? And then obviously what we found out, he was kind of laundering money and stuff in more yeah. recent times. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely a massive, definitely jumps out on paper. Absolutely. And it, again, changed so much about who can buy football clubs and how yeah. they can make money out of it. Or, yeah. um, or at least hide their money and then reveal it. And, uh, and, and also how much you spend on players and how how you buy players with the intention of only loaning them out and never actually playing them like these things as and well. And contracts as well. They doubled that. Yeah. Ashley Cole had just won the invincible uh, trophy of Arsenal. Yeah. They doubled his wages. He oh, won the sweet. league. Yeah. They doubled his wages. It, um, yeah. And, you know, he, must have, he was on good money at Arsenal. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It was, that uh, that, that uh, transfer saga in, his, saga in his own could have a sort of mention as well. Like for so many... Like that moment when he finally actually 
appears at Chelsea and or the moment when he first plays Arsenal. There's so many moments, even in that little story. Like, the noughties was full of crazy, Cole, yeah. crazy moments. Yeah. Chelsea, yeah. Chelsea. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, my number eight was actually Portsmouth's FA Cup win. Oh, wow. That might come a bit higher up on mine. Oh, they would, wouldn't they? But uh, there we go. So, I think for maybe younger listeners who don't understand the importance of the FA Cup, it is the one trophy that gives little teams or smaller teams or clubs who have won much in the history a chance Mm. of uh, of glory at Wembley. Um, yeah. So, and also in the noughties, the FA Cup was dominated by wins by Chelsea, Arsenal, United, Liverpool. But when you look back over the last 30, 40 years of people of clubs that have won the FA Cup, there are two teams in my mind that jump out above the rest. One is Wigan in 2013, because they beat Man City, who, as we've just discussed, yeah. bought their way into uh, success. And Wigan got relegated that season as well. And the other one that jumps out is Portsmouth 2008, which I know we spoke to death about, so I won't go on. Oh, yeah. um, but these two do leap out on paper. And when you do look back for up the noughties, even if you look at all the major leagues across the world, um, you look at who won the Cup of Del Rey, obviously you've got um, teams that jump out there, like Zaragoza when they won it. Um, and the Pokal being won by like Schalke and teams like that. I suppose the English equivalent, but by more because Portsmouth, you know, weren't a mainstay Premier League team. No, for sure. Well, we'd been there for what seven years at that point. Yeah, we'd sort of grown into being one, and if we managed better, maybe we would be one. Um, but yeah, it was just a shock, and like it's a weird one because obviously Portsmouth aren't a big team. We, we we've won we've won every league there is to win. We've we've won every cup apart from the League Cup. Uh, we'd won the FA Cup before in the thirties. So, you know, there would be older people around and like granddads and whatever who who would be like, oh, great granddads, maybe being like, oh, I remember. And there was one guy I know that went to that final and to the 2008 final. How amazing. Surely but he's dead now. He's got to be in it. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It was in, it was in the, like the local paper or whatever. But, um, you know, so f- for us growing up, it's like we heard that we could win competitions like that. And we thought we're never going to see that. And uh, I've, I've said it before in here, my dad always, I'm not going to Wembley until it's to watch Pompey. So he wouldn't go watch an England game until we got to watch Pompey. And he, he had to wait like nearly 50 years. I, I, I did it by the time I was like, I don't know, like I was a teenager, you know? So for things like that, it's, it's incredible. Um, but yeah, you're right. It, 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 cup competitions are there for moments like that. But they still happen so rarely that you have to appreciate them when they do. Yeah, you're quite right, and um, yeah, we we've probably we've spoken about it so many times. So go back and listen to our back catalogue of uh, great episodes. Now all of, available uh, on full four two. <laughs> yeah, um, but maybe as good as this. Need our voices really, um, but fair enough. Yeah, if you if you don't like listening to this and would rather read it, just buy four four two in a couple of weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> You fucking cunts! You bastard! Uh, uh, number seven. <laughs> All right, my um, number seven. Yeah, no, my number seven. No, yours, yours. Um, I've gone for Zinedine Zidane's volley at the 2002 oh. Champions League final. Versus Bayer Leverkusen. Uh, what was probably the best Champions League final goal of all time until uh, Gareth Bale's overhead kick against Liverpool? Uh, the goal arguably summed up the best player on the planet at the time. It was truly poetry 
in motion. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the one of my favorite players of all time. It's one of the most iconic goals he's ever scored, and a uh, little bit I've, because I've been so sort of uh, Premier League biased in this <laughs> England biased in this list, but I completely missed that. Uh, there were certain sort of moments of European football or the league football. I was like. I could now. Nah, I'm gonna try, try and stick to England. I'm not really sure I made that decision, but you're making me regret it because what what a moment! Yeah, incredible. It's again. It's one of those moments that's replayed over oh, and over again. Sure. Whenever there's a Champions League game or like a yeah. montage at the start, that ball dropping from a great height and most players, 99% of players, would have just controlled it first. But you went sure. no. no, Um and the way it just looks as well, it's just very sexy. So um, yeah. I think it had to be in there, really. And it defined him. It did, definitely. It's, it gives you, it sort of sums up the sort of player he can be uh, and the sort of moments he can create. And it, it just sort of, it's it's the moment you show if someone, if, if you know, if you're like, if someone's like, oh, I don't, I don't really understand Sedan. You're like, okay, let's just watch this goal. <laughs> and then tell me what you think. Like, yeah, because you can't help but sort of love him after that. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. Your number seven? Yeah, so going from the great heights of Zidane Sedan to West Brom surviving on the last day in the Premier League. Oh, God. You're on Survival Sunday. Because, mate, look, you're going, oh, God, but think about it. They are bottom bottom of the table at Christmas. It's, it's not really funny. It's West Brom. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, but... Go on. Wait, wait. So they're bottom of the table uh, at Christmas. And then... You know, they're going, they're doing all right. They're going on the right run and that. But then the last day of the season, there was what? It was Southampton. Uh, who, who are the other teams? Norwich. Yep. And is it? It's either Sunderland or something like that. It might be. Charlton? No, Palace. Crystal Palace. Palace. Yeah. All right. And uh, all three of those teams need to lose for, for West Brom to stay up. And West Brom need to win. Southampton get beat. Uh, Norwich get beat 6-0 by Fulham was in itself Survival Sunday crazy game 6-0 so they, they, they step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you wanna get mixed up in the family business introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Throw away their chance. Palace are 2 1 up until like the 81st minute. And then there's an equaliser by Charlton to relegate Palace. And West Brom beat Portsmouth 2-0. Yeah. So West Brom stay up. And then what what sort of, what, what in itself is just like, it's an amazing story of like survival and 
at the time being being a Pompey fan, we, we, we you know we basically went on our own mini Great Escape every year up until sort of that moment. So it's nice for it to be happening to someone else. Um, but also, what sort of forgets forgetting about that moment is that scene where all the West Brom fans just mm-hmm. invade the pitch. It's not quite true, is it? Because half of those are Pompey fans invading that pitch because Southampton had been relegated. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, it's true. Uh, it's just one of those moments where like, certainly it's a, yeah, every you... year is going to be mentioned. Every time anyone's bottom at Christmas, well, it can be done. And will we ever see it again? I don't know. Like again, like it's... it was a fun, just such a coincidence. Like, yeah, all the, of... all the things that just aligned for West Brom. Yeah, I think it is the greatest ever last day. It's the greatest relegation battle in Premier League history. Yes. I it's, think it's, it it's may the, not be the... the opposite to the Aguero. Man City, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? It's like winning on the last day. This is like surviving by the skin of the teeth on the last day. And I feel like it, it, yeah, it's not favorable teams. It's West Brom, it's Southampton, it's Palace. But that whole survival Sunday is such a great story. And like you could make a Hollywood picture out of that story, essentially. You know, the Sky Sports graphic, the Sky Sports graphic, the team is like all the teams are constantly moving up and down. Yeah. In the last 20 minutes of, of the league. Uh, that season, so um, yeah, it, it was definitely memorable. I do got visions of Kieran Richardson being lifted lifted a high by West Brom fans in the T-Mobile kit, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah definitely, definitely. Maybe in the top ten Premier League iconic moments, but I don't think. No, fair enough. I, I am sort of. I think I've got one sort of non Premier League, and the rest of it is Premier League. So maybe, maybe that's that's me messing up the brief. But yeah, I think it's just such a. It's like. If I was to watch some sort of noughties special on Sky Sports, I expect that to be spoken about, you know? Yeah, 100%. Definitely. Or uh, just read it next week in 442 Magazine. We'll stop slacking them off. Um, (laughs) My number six. Um, Italy versus uh, South Korea 2002 World Cup. Again, we've done a special on the 2002 World Cup. Uh, Byron Moreno. Uh, the most infamous referee of them all when it comes to having a bad day <laughs> at the office. Um, as a as favoured Italy crashed out of the round of 16 to joint hosts South Korea. He is arguably more famous than any Ecuadorian footballer. He disallowed a goal, sent off Totti, despite him being nowhere near him, and awarded a dodgy penalty to Korea. We still don't know if he was bribed to this day. And obviously, we all know the story. He then got arrested at New York Airport a few years later for smuggling heroin. We've discussed it before, but that was such an upset for the Italians who had got to the final of Euro two thousand. They obviously go in, go on to win um, the next World Cup. So I guess they got their comeuppance. But um, yeah, that that fantastic team: Totti, Maldini. Uh, you know, Buffon, Cannavaro, Vieri, Perlo, just all the that great, great Italian team and them going out so early in the competition um, to a Korean side that, to be fair, it was the golden generation of Korean players, sure. um, the likes of Park Ji-sung, etc. Um, but, yeah, it was, they, they, they never should have won that match. No, yeah, and as you say, it's one of those sort of infamous matches where the question still remains: how, what was, were Korea overperforming, or were they were there some 
uh, nefarious means going on during those games. And but I think that's never going to be answered. It's always going to hang over the thing, uh, over that tournament. But for me, I remember that tournament very, very fondly. Um, but yeah, what, what, yeah, as soon as you said Italy, South Korea, I knew exactly w- w- where we were going. And yeah, it is, it is an iconic moment because, as you say, it's, as I said, it's just always going to be spoken about, isn't it? Like, and that's sort of what we're looking for. And yeah, you, I've, I've had many conversations in a pub and that comes up what just shows you you know how Absolutely. big that moment that is I think when it comes to like bad refereeing decisions I think that's the one that's always talked about that and when uh, was it Simunic who got three yellow cards in one game um, yeah. those two instances of like chaotic refereeing or just terrible refereeing are always they, you know when you speak about being anti or pro-VAR and yeah. you think about if we didn't have VAR nowadays. Oh, for sure. If that happened again, uh, yeah, you know, it'd be bloodshed, you know. Yeah, the the Simmons, uh 2006 sort of Euros thing as well could have its own sort of entry. It's just so mad. Like, oh, who was it? Uh, it was English. I it was. It wasn't Anthony Taylor, was it? It was an English referee, wasn't it? Who did it? Um, let's have a look. Not too uh, sure. Oh, it's great! It's Graham Pole. Oh, of course it was. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what made it even like more fun, funny for us because it means you know during the Premier League you're getting chance at him and things. But yeah, it's just what any time, like you say, any time a ref ends up doing something ridiculous, that sort of makes its way into sort of infamy. And it's great that we we're not going to see so many of those because of what's happening with with VAR. But also, it's going to take away some of those ridiculous moments as well isn't it but Absolutely. you know yeah i mean what else can you really say about things like that true very true indeed uh what was your number six okay so uh the number six i'm i'm going to stick with for 2002 world cup and uh it, it, it's beckham scoring the penalty against argentina and getting some revenge for himself because it's just such like a you know iconic moment in in UK history for like mm. the way the tabloids attacked Beckham after '98 and a bit of redemption. And for me personally, like 2002 World Cup is one of the first ones I really remembered getting involved in. It's one of a, that moment's one of the first sort of moments I, I I could understand all the context going on behind it. Um, and yeah, what and 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 when he scored it, you just it was great for us because it helped us in the group stage and it was just wonderful for him, to see it for him because it must have been so cathartic. So for that, I've decided it's got to be in there. Yeah, you, you could, you know, from an English perspective, you could probably add the uh, free kick against Greece. Oh, for sure. It was and, a bit uh, of a... Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, just, start, just back him in those few years up until he joined Madrid and was on fire, wasn't he? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Um, fair enough. My number five, I won't go over too much because the uh, previous podcast, we've done a whole special on it. Uh, Greece winning the Euro 2004. Again, yeah. speaking about Portsmouth being under dogs yeah. and winning the uh, FA Cup, I think Greece, who'd only ever qualified for one major tournament before that, um, not only did they score their first tournament goal, they ended up winning the whole fucking thing. Oh, so, yeah. um, I'm, I, I, If you're listening to this, you're more likely a football fan. Greece winning that tournament would be like... Scotland winning the World Cup now. You know yeah. what I mean, no offense, Scotland, yeah. but um, it's, not, it's not an forest getting Champions League football this year. Yeah, yeah, really. Like, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're, 
yeah, we've done a whole thing on it. It's, it's an incredible, incredible story, incredible moment. And as an English fan watching it and knowing all the pain we've gone through, it's like, okay, it can be done. You don't have to be, you don't even have to have the best team. You can win a tournament without being the best team at the tournament as well. So it gives you a little bit of belief. I mean, this is exactly know. why I don't like Southgate getting all this stick. Oh, he's too defensive. Defensive teams win tournaments. Yeah. I don't, I don't, Man United, yeah, I care about how they play because they're playing fucking 50 games a season. Yeah. When Paulson England, won the FA... I'm not particularly bothered because I just want them yeah. to win the game. Yeah. When Paulson won the FA Cup, we played so defensively during the FA Cup, we conceded one goal the whole tournament. You played so defensively, you kicked Thomas Kushak in the head in the semi final and quarter final. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, to get a penalty. You know, if Harry knew to, to have a run and if, have a run in a cup competition, the, the, the best way to make sure you're going to go through is if they don't score, isn't it? You know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. Who's your number five? So, with number five, and I won't go on about this one too long because it'll bore everyone. But number five for me is the highest scoring game in Premier League history. Portsmouth seven, Reading four. And that's not, some of it is because I'm a Pompey fan, but some of it is because that is the highest scoring goal in Premier League history. It happened in the noughties. Uh, there was a missed penalty in that game. Like, it was an insane game. Um, it's just, yeah, if you if you haven't watched highlights of it, go watch highlights of it. It's just insane. It's, it should not be happening in the Premier League. Some of it's scrappy, don't get me wrong. But, we one day it will probably be beaten, you know. But for now, that remains to be the highest scoring game in the Premier League, and it's an iconic scoreline. If you, even if you were just sat home watching like Sky Sports, you'd have to like double check Sky Sports news, double check that is, that, is there a typo? Is it yeah is it two four? Like what's going on? Like yeah, I don't want to go on about it too much because I do sound a little bit like I'm just banging on about Pompey again. But yeah, it was definitely again. I don't know about um all-time noughties, but definitely Premier League top 10 because it was ludicrous. There was a goal like every five minutes. Yeah. So imagine being at that game and just a joy of entertainment and it's best. And I think it's good that freak things like that happen every now and then. Like the I know, when Spurs beat Wigan 9-0 and Defoe scored like five goals or something stupid. Um, yeah, just every now and then it's good to get a rude awakening and uh, just an absolute but to score four goals and be on the losing side by three goals is just, it's quite funny. Definitely, yeah. I mean, like, especially like you read in, you talk about Pompey not really being a mainstay in the Premier League. At that time, we're a little bit of one. Redden never were, especially not at that stage. And then, you know, they had like Kitson playing and, you know, just iconic, who became sort of iconic players in their own right. But yeah, to score four, four, four goals away from home in the Premier League, you should be winning, shouldn't you? Like, there's, mm-hmm. there's no way you should be coming home being battered after scoring four goals. I mean, we've seen it a few times, um, but very rarely. Yeah, definitely, definitely does stand out. However, I have a feeling that my number four stands out even more. Uh, the Calcio Poli scandal. Oh, mate. The match fishing, match, match fishing, Max fishing. the match <laughs> sounds like a guy. Max fishing, um, the <laughs> match, the, <laughs> Probably. the uh, match fixing and uh, pr- pressurizing of officials, which led to Juventus being relegated to Serie B yeah. with a nine point deduction. Um, so basically, one of the, the biggest team in Italy, 
being relegated to Serie B. Yeah, their titles stripped as well. Titles right? stripped as well. Uh, one of them was advocated. Yeah. Um, but they still had some of the best players in the world move down to Serie B. So yeah, Buffon went to Serie B. Ballon d'Or winner Nedved moved to Serie B. Del Piero stayed with them in Serie B. Uh, Trezeguet, uh, World Cup winner and Euros winner, stayed with them. Uh, Chiellini would remain with them as well. And they were also stripped of previous league titles and uh, placed in 20th for the 05-06 season. Um, crazy. It wasn't just Juventus that are punished as well. This was kind of, well, I suppose, not the beginning of the end for AC Milan because they still went on to win a Champions League a couple of years later. But AC Milan were given an eight-point deduction. I didn't, I forgot about that. Fiorentina were given a 15-point deduction and chucked out of the Champions League. Crazy. And they've never quite recovered from that, I don't believe, because... The revenue that the Champions League gives, especially teams in Italy, with not as much uh, finances. Um, Lazio were given a three-point deduction and checked out the UEFA Cup, and um, Regina were given an eleven-point deduction and a hundred thousand euro fine, which I'm pretty sure led to them being relegated. Um, and then I know, I've not heard of them since. Yeah. Um... So that goes to it. Did completely. I'll tell you what else it done as well. Obviously, we've spoken about this before, how like the 90s, the noughties was like for Spanish football, the 2010s was the Premier League and the 90s was Italian football. It kind of tarnished the legacy of like 90s Italian football because you would assume that maybe quite a few of those matches were fixed after all this came out. Yeah, for sure. I Spoil, mean, spoiled the romance. Yeah, definitely. Like Italy has always sort of been looked at very fondly from its days on Channel 4 and... Gaza going over and things. So yeah, you're definitely right. It sort of tarnished those views of it. I mean, even even now you'll have certain fans who will, you know, refer to Italians as match fixers, right? It, it's sort of stuck that way. Uh, and like I say, it was just the, it was it was the width and breadth of this thing. It wasn't oh Matt Letizia says in his book he he kicks out for a throw in a couple of times to win a bet. Like it's not, you know, it wasn't small time news like that, but we we hit we get it here and there. This was multiple teams, multiple referees, multiple owners, all sort of in con- uh, you know, working together on this. And that's what made it such a huge scandal. And rightfully so, teams got relegated and points deducted. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully we never see anything like that again, right? Um, but what's mad is that Italy won the World Cup. Yeah. And what What's even crazy is this is it's Italy. It's it's one of the you know big European leagues. This wasn't happening in I don't know like the J League or something. You know this was a huge European league. If if even if it was sort of Belgium, you'd be like, all right, it's European league, but it's Belgium. You know, like this was like at the time, maybe not so much now, but this was one of the biggest leagues in the world, most viewed leagues in the world, most supported teams in the world. This could have really damaged Serie A more than it maybe has. Like, not It has, but, you know, it could have been even worse, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you're number four. I've gone with the Arsenal Invincible. Okay, this is good. This is my number three. Them winning that sort of... You know, it's that moment of them winning the last day. They've gone unbeaten. It's all been done. You know, for, for months, like, you know, it, it became a thing, didn't it? Even if you didn't, you know, 
we're not Arsenal fans and you probably are hoping they trip up, but as a United fan, but it was a countdown. Can it be done? There's, there's another, there's only two more weeks to go. There's only, you know, three more games for him to go. And you, you, you're watching in, in anticipation that they're going to break this record or they're going to fail at the last hurdle. And it became such a big thing. So when they finally won it, even as like a neutral fan in that, that last game of the season, you felt like a relief for them because they did it. They, 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 they did that achievement. And you felt like I'm seeing something that might not be seen for another hundred years. Um, special, happen. special little trophy as well. Yeah. Got, got, it makes me laugh though. Cause it speaks to an Arsenal fan. Like, yeah, we've got a gold Premier League trophy. You know, one eighth for size. Yeah. It does look like they didn't know what the Premier League didn't know what to do. So like, oh, quickly get a, Get a, just get someone to knock up a Premier League trophy, and they just like faxed over a photo of the Premier League trophy, and then a the guy's like <laughs> built one. Like <laughs> you ever seen the uh, spinal t- spinal tap? Yeah, this is spinal tap when they order the Stonehenge set, and it turns up really small. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happened. The FA were like, oh, "What we have to do? Here you go, Arsenal." Hold a little, it was on like a balsa wood plinth as well. It was like it looked, it looked a bit <laughs> shit. Yeah, I mean. Still the only team to do it, of course. A couple of years ago when it looked like Liverpool might have had a chance to do it, I wondered if they were going to give them a gold trophy again or if it was just for the first team or, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other thing as well. Um, Chelsea came close the year, you know, the very next year, only losing yeah. one, one game. Um, but since then, it's, you know, never, yeah. no one's ever really came close. Liverpool looked like it and then they lost like three games on the trot, didn't they? Yeah. Um, to when, this day, yeah, still the only team to go undefeated for a whole season. But it wasn't the glamorous. They had a lot of draws. They had oh, for sure, twelve draws, two against Pompey, uh, two against Newcastle. Yeah, you um, aren't great teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, it can be argued that um, the only team who beat them that year was Peterborough in the one nil yeah. preseason friendly. True, true that. So, I wonder, I Give them the trophy. Any, let... Yeah, any Peterborough fans, let us know if you uh, if that's one of your claims to fame as a fan. <laughs> you beat the Arsenal Invincibles. Um, but they did sign some good players that season. They signed Fabregas that season, Lehman, uh, Clichy, Van Persie, and uh, Reyes as well. That, um, that whole team was just wonderful to watch. Anyway, or made it better, right? And, oh, they made that's the other thing. They made they played good football as well. Yeah, yeah but like because when Chelsea did it, almost did it the next year under Mourinho. Not that they didn't play good football, but. They're a Mourinho team, right? So it was very defensive. They didn't concede a lot. What, you know, is good football in its own right, but it's not entertaining football to watch. Where Arsene made his Arsenal team entertaining and they still weren't conceding and weren't losing. Like, what's... And and when they did concede, they might have to fight back for a draw or, you know, they, they they go down at Fratton Park, they come back and get the draw. Like, maybe there's some diving going on. But... They got there, you know, and that's what made that team interesting to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely indeed. Um, so that was your number four. That was my number three. So what's your number three? All right. So with number three, I've gone for, and this is where we're going to get, you're going to start hating me a little bit for my one and two. But for number three, we have gone with the headbutt at the World Cup. Okay. This is my number one. I figured it would be for two and one. I I had to like let for Pompey come out, you know. Okay. But, I'm surprised you haven't got one in there, which is my number two. I'm surprised you haven't got one. But we'll okay. 
Did you want to hold this conversation for when you get? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hold it then. Because it is it is the iconic moment for Norris. I, I, I my not my number one and two most iconic moment for me. Okay, but I understand to... that not everyone's. So that was your number three, was it? Yeah. Okay, so my number two is the uh, 2005 Champions League final. Okay. Uh, in my mind, as much as I hate Liverpool, it's still the most epic of comebacks against yeah. arguably one of the best assembled AC Milan signs of all time. For sure. To be 3-0 down in a final and to come back and win on yeah. penalties in the fashion they did. And it wasn't a great Liverpool side. They had Vladimir Spitzer. No. Yeah. Harry, Harry Kuehl was starting in that game. Um yeah, he's good in Australia and for Leeds, maybe, but that's about it. Um, it was the emergence of Gerard. It cemented him as an England and Liverpool legend. Sure. And I remember what you know, as well. it just was ridiculous. That AC Milan side, Inzaghi, Perlo, Crespo, Nesta, Maldini, Gattuso, just Shevchenko as well. Let's not forget. Yeah. Missing a penalty. Yeah. Um, Dudek became Spider-Man. <laughs> just made one of the greatest... Spaghetti legs. Yeah, spaghetti legs. Made a fantastic double save in the game, let's not forget, as well. Uh, it was just like, it should have went in, that goal. That point blank, he just, remember he just lifted his arm up. Yeah. And it just, somehow just managed to work. It was just the stars that aligned. Yeah, sometimes, um, look, some, some bit, this... sometimes stars align and, and some clubs have an affinity for certain trophies and Liverpool have an affinity with that Champions League trophy, whether we like it or not. Not it this just, year. It just happens for them, doesn't it, sometimes? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, not this year, though. Not this yeah. year. No, well, we'll see. Let's see what happens. <laughs> but, but it was, I think, if, even out of all the FA Cup finals, League Cup finals, Champions yeah. League finals, even World Cup finals, and maybe even Euro finals. Yeah. I, I, in gonna... the noughties, I still think that was one of the most entertaining and best finals to watch. For sure. I'm going to put my... Because most finals on... most finals are boring. Let's yeah. Forget. No, Euro definitely. 2004, 1-0. Most FA Cup finals, especially in the noughties, yeah. were 1-2-0s. For sure. Um, other, than, uh, other than the 2006 FA Cup final between West Ham and Liverpool, Liverpool ironically, which yeah. is quite quite similar. But um, definitely. Yeah. I... Uh... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to just put my hands up and be like, somehow I remembered to include West Brom surviving <laughs> and Portsmouth beating Red in 7-4, but completely, when I'm scribbling down my top 10, completely forgot to put that night in there. And I have spoken extensively about how I've watched that. I watched that that night. I st- still had a little bit remaining in me of, of a Liverpool f- fan from when I was a child. And... It made me, you know, that was a very emotional night in, in some ways for me. And I completely forgot it. And it's probably because the next two things I've got down completely eclipses it in my own personal sort of vision where if I think about the bigger picture of football, then yeah, that night should have, oh, mate, how did I, how have I forgotten that? Like, what's, it, what's, your, what's your number two then? Number two is uh, when Ronaldinho uh, came to town, isn't it? It's Portsmouth to AC Milan to UEFA or Europa League, or was it UEFA Cup at the UEFA time? Cup, yeah. UEFA Cup, and uh, yeah, I mean Pompey being two 0 up against AC Milan at home in at Fra- in Fratton, twenty thousand people sold out, sort of like rocking place, and then you know two one, and then Ronaldinho makes his way onto the pitch, scores a free kick, says it's the best atmosphere he's ever played in. He's playing in front of hundred thousand people every week. But, he's, you know, played them, he's, played, he's played. He's played. He's played the American R. <laughs> well, mate, 
he probably says it everywhere he goes, but it's probably it's lost in it. translation. Uh, <laughs> it comes up before every game at Fran Park. <laughs> I great. love I love the fact he's at the fucking uh, Camp New and he's like, boys, you got to tell this you place too about this place uh, in the south of England. Yeah, like I in, mean, uh, that looks on, like a shed. Henri Henri said it. Mourinho said it. They've all said it, mate. Um, <laughs> Oh man, I've just thought of another moment. Okay, Go don't on. worry. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I've put I've put it there because is it Portsmouth centric. No, no, it's completely Go not. On. It, it, I'm, I'll be. It's not in yours. That's what I'm surprised at. It's the one that I said earlier. I wouldn't mention until I knew it was in yours or not. But we'll do that okay. at the end. Uh, but yeah, so it's just it's just a magical moment. Like, can you imagine getting? You know, you can't because you, you support Man United, so you get to see him in Europe every year. And, not this year. Um, <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, Etc. But getting to see your team in Europe. All right, we beat some, you know, it's amazing we're playing a, a team from Portugal and we're beating them. But drawing AC Milan and then winning for like 17 minutes of the game. It's like unbelievable. Yeah, and I do Peter get Crouch it. missed a couple of sitters, you know, as well. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, so for me, like personally, that's such an iconic moment. Um, it can only be beaten by one moment, but yeah, that's why that's there. But looking at my list now, I, I should have made room for Liverpool. I just can't believe I, it, just, it didn't even enter my mind. The only the only thing about Europe I was thinking of was that time we were there very briefly. Fair enough. Oh, I, you know, if I was <laughs> if I was a lower league fan, I don't know. Let's say Grimsby, and we made it to the European semi final thing. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair I'd enough prob- to Grimsby. <laughs> I'm not having that. Seaside Town. <laughs> um, We've won every league, have you know? <laughs> what if Grimsby ever won? I don't know. No idea. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I do get it. I do get it. So we know what my number one is. The correct number one. Um, yeah, yeah, 100%. I'm assuming your number one. <laughs> I'm assuming your number one is uh, the FA Cup. It is when Sol went up and lifted lift the FA Cup. I mean, we've it, spoken it, about it to death. Yeah, we don't. Don't need to go on. We don't need to go on. Okay, um, I suppose we spoke about Zidane's headbutt to death as well. I suppose at the end of a new series, whenever we do that, um, the 2006 World Cup is the next one we will be talking about at the end. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one of the most celebrated players in history with the likes of Pele, Maradona, bow out of the World Cup final and out of their career by head-butting Matarazzi. Arguably, if he had stayed on the pitch, France may have not only won the final, but he may have carried on his career a little bit. In true Zidane fashion, he also scored to give France the lead. Do you remember how he scored? Uh, Tell me, because all I can picture is the (laughs) head-butt. Well, this is what most people come. Most people don't even know he scored in that game. Not only did he score in that game, he penenkered Buffon. Of course he did. Yeah. It's Zidane, of who, course he did. Who is arguably, well, it took us, technically he was the best goalkeeper in the world at the time. Yeah, for sure. Um, but you remember it hit the crossbar and it probably didn't go in. Okay, yeah. But then counted anyway, which just yeah. adds to the allure of Zidane himself. For and sure. that France kit was really cool France kit, the white kit with the kind of red and blue faded patches is it, on. Is it the same year we got knocked out by... Germany and they had a goal just hit the crossbar. No, we got knocked out by Portugal. Wink, wink. Okay. Oh, this is the wink. This is the wink. I yeah. Think, yeah. I wink. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we spoke about his volley against Bayern Leverkusen earlier. The most iconic class 
tactically brilliant and his movement, everything about him was just great. Yeah. But and to go out by doing great. the most un Zidane thing oh, and to yeah. headbutt someone, not only just out of the World Cup, but that's his last ever game. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. And he announces beforehand this is going to be his last appearance for France. And I'm not sure if he said it was. Yeah, it's not not game. just his last appearance for France, by the way. But, uh, his yeah. last appearance ever in football. He did he did announce it was his retirement from football. Okay. So he announces that. It's so romantic. It's the final for World Cup. He's a dad. Like it's not like you say it's not what you expect from Zidane. You know, it's this is this is something that gets you in the Robbie Savage Hall of Fame if you're anybody else. <laughs> yep. But you're you're Zidane, and part of that makes that even makes it even better. But it makes it so much more frustrating because it's like you know if you headbutt someone, you're off the pitch. You know this is your last game. You know this is the World Cup final. Yeah. You have, and you generally. Okay, you can't. Your temper can flare, but and was it, it was, it was player that doesn't let his temper get the better of him. So, I mean, you let it get the better of you now. I mean, luckily he's gone to have such a successful post-playing career that he can yeah. sort of, you know, not he's not going to be remembered as that's the end of his career. Like he's always going to be remembered as something. Then he won three Champions Leagues as a manager in a row. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's fair enough. It's just a shame though, because imagine if he didn't do that and France went on to win it. He'd be up there with Maradona and Pele, probably oh, a little sure. bit more because to... Charles de Gaulle Airport would be renamed Zidane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But to be to have your last game and win the like ever in football, to win the World Cup in your last ever game, I don't think there's a single player who's ever done that. Can't be. So I feel oh, that's what that's what to this day, I think he wanted to like cement his legacy as you know up there with Pele and Maradona by winning the World Cup. On his last ever game yeah. in football, which I don't think maybe there's a player out there who has done it, but not to my mind that is as good as he was. Yeah, but no, I, I, I reckon I, I reckon it was all part of the plan. I think if he knew before that tournament they weren't going to win, I think he probably wouldn't have uh, maybe said that. So you, you think he knew that they weren't going to win the final, so he got sent off instead to make his exit? Well, no, because it wasn't he wasn't it one all. That's what, that's what I'm asking. Are you saying there's a conspiracy here where he's like, this isn't going to be, I'm not going to be remembered for, for going to extra time. <laughs> he's so arrogant. He's like, <laughs> yeah, how dare we go to penalties? Yeah. Like 90 minutes or nothing. Duh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a conspiracy. No fair. What, what do you say about my sister, Maserati? I didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Brilliant. Excellent. So that is the top 10. I'm happy with Fine, it. Sealed, delivered. Um, yeah, put some good shouts there. Brought up some good there's memories a few, as well. I definitely think what there's the a few ones? you missed. Go on then. The one, the one that I was expecting to turn up in yours uh, would have been Fergie unretiring and then having, you know, the moment he's sort of like, I'm staying. I thought maybe Fergie saying I'm staying would have been an iconic moment. For, for I mean, you. it's too obvious. I don't think that's obvious enough, to be honest. I think... Um, I mean, it, what I've tried to do is single out moments. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you, you, Ferguson's the greatest manager the world's ever seen. For sure. Um, def- and it's going to take a lot of convincing to do otherwise. Um, and, you know, at that time, Man United won 
trophy season after season yeah. in whatever competition it may have been. So that's why I haven't singled out like the 2008 Champions League final because yeah. we, we, were, we were the team to beat back then. Oh, yeah. We were winning Fair. absolutely everything. So it, that whole team, Fergie himself, transcends that whole decade. For sure. So there's not one particular moment I can Fair pick enough. out. So when it comes to picking the top 10 moments, there's, yeah. I mean, I'll, maybe you pick out a few of Rooney's goals, but. Yeah. I mean, smiling. yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's probably, there's a few moments that, you know, people would argue, I suppose, as well. Look, we we've, we've, haven't spoke a lot about um, the beginning of the Spain dominance or. Uh, yeah, but they're not moments, though, are they? You know what I mean? No, yeah. Just, yeah. But like, even them winning things um, for the first time, or, you know, maybe there's certain goals as well. You know, I, you know, we, again, the goals, though, is like very, you know, because apart from like big players that we all get to see and all celebrate, they're going to be someone go, no, the best goal of the noughties was by this player in the fourth division of the Scottish League. And it's probably a really great goal, but no one's going to put that as the greatest moment, mm, right? It's, like, got mean, I it's got a mean to it. Yeah. Like, you know, I could have sat here and gone, number 10, Matty Taylor scoring against Sunderland. Number 9, Matty mm. Taylor scoring against Everton. Well, great goals, <laughs> but, you know, and it's not, it's not going to, uh, it doesn't quite work. Well, I mean, I did that a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I did put Pompey as one and two, but yeah, it's, it's hard. There's so many other moments out there, but we're gonna we're gonna wake up tomorrow and go, oh, we should have mentioned that. And we're gonna get so many people saying, you didn't mention this, but you know, that's the way it is. Sometimes we aren't, you know, we do forget things. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. And uh, yeah, there's some more subjective and more not as well in this in this list as well. And anything we've forgotten will just be swapped out for one of my stupid ones in the fourth or two edit. So it's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're quite right. Look forward to reading it. Um, right, time to end the podcast on a, an old tradition. It's time for Deal or No Deal. I thought I got three. You didn't tell me this. All right. <laughs> no, he doesn't like it. But I, got, I, got, I think it's quite an easy five this week. Um, so basically, new listeners, um, this is a transfer quiz game. Well, I've got five players from the noughties and uh, I've got transfers but were they a deal or were they a no deal? Did they actually happen or not? Harry, are you ready? Play along at home as well, of course. Let us know what score you got on Let's Twitter go. or Instagram at Team of Our Lives or Team of Our Lives podcast on Insta. You ready? As ever. Rory Delap. Yeah. Did he move from Derby County to Southampton for five point four million pounds? <sighs> deal. Or no mate, deal? mate, mate. He's definitely did play for Scum. Um, where did he come from? <laughs> where did he go? He went Stoke. I know that at some point. He's someplace Man City. I'm going to say deal. But I have no idea. It was a deal. All right, cool. It was a deal. Michael Essien. Did he move from Paris Saint-Germain to Chelsea for 34.2? Million pounds. Hang on, did you say he gave birth to a goat earlier? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you moved from Sinetian to Chelsea. Uh no, for PSG to Chelsea. 34 oh. point two million pounds. Why did I think it you said deal something? or no deal? Now I'm making my question myself. Do I know something? <laughs> uh PSG. Uh, Essien. 
Oh, sounds like it, it should be, but then that's making me. This is the problem. I start overthinking it, Ollie. I don't <laughs> like this. That's why we get uh, used to the quiz. It's funny. Um, um, okay, I'll say, I'll say, I'm going to say deal, but I'm questioning it. You're right to question it. It's false. From it's Leon. Like, from Leon. <laughs> if it was from Senate, I'd have been so annoyed. Right. <laughs> uh, next one. Leon. Dimitar Berbatov. Okay. Did he move from Borussia Mönchengladbach to Spurs for 14.13 million pounds? Oh. Deal or no deal? Mate, I have no idea. He didn't appear to me until he was playing there. Um... <laughs> He didn't move from like Bulgarian to <laughs> He was too good for Bulgaria already. <laughs> uh, he did play. Oh, I've got a feeling. Appreciate. I'm trying to picture him. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> um, I'm going to say. Oh, mate. I'm going to. Yeah, it's a deal. False. Oh, so confident it wasn't. What team, uh, changed what, what team was it? It was German side, right? Well, still. It was the aforementioned Bayern Leverkusen. He was part of that 2002 yeah, yeah, squad. Yeah. yeah. With yeah. Uh, Michael Ballack. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. But I was, this is what happens. Crumble. <laughs> still got two more. Yeah. Um, Jerry Barton. Did he move from Manchester City to Newcastle United for 7.73 million? Straight to Newcastle. Uh, deal. Correct. There you go. Confident and quick. Finally, for a bit of redemption, did Michael Ballack move from Bayern Leverkusen to Chelsea on a free? I think you gave that one away, mate. But yeah, I'm going to say, oh, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Did he play? Did he go Munich? Did he go Munich? Mm. Oh, I can't say that with confidence. So let's take a punt. It's 50 50. I've only got every one wrong where I've taken a punt. <laughs> on. So let's do, so do the opposite of what you thought you would do. I think I'm going to. I think. I think I'm going to say it's a deal, but part of me wonders if he went to Bayern Munich. You'd be right to wonder. He did go to Bayern Munich yeah. and then went to from Bayern to Chelsea yeah. on a free. Well, yeah. it's a it's a poor return with two out of five. Yeah, frazzled. I told you, I had no time to prepare. I was frazzled. And so I knew, I knew, I knew Berbatov wasn't at Munich back, and I knew he went to Munich back. You just yeah. need to for ones where you just say it straight away, it yeah. tends to be it tends to be right. You think about it yeah. too much, you've got right. Just overthink things. All right, fair enough. But there we go. Another end to a episode, just a pre-season episode this time. We will be back with a full series at some point in the future, hopefully not too long, as soon as we're both free. Under new uh, ownership of Under new ownership of magazine. Um Harry, thank you very much. Thank you, sir. And there always, and once again, you've been listening to team of our lives um please do follow us on twitter at team of our lives uh instagram team of lives dot podcast and subscribe to total football magazine <laughs> so until next time sayonara 
team. more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk Sports Social Podcast Network Judy was boring Hello Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com It's my little escape Now Judy's the life of the party Oh baby Mama's bringing home the bacon Whoa Take it easy Judy <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.